What's up, everybody? It's episode 9 of the Bucks Leading Radio. It's your boy, Jacobs. We are here. Two games, one and one. Eric and I give you a little recap of those, give you our thoughts, talk about the possible Bledsoe trade, who would be okay giving up, what we even think about it, and overall, uh, just how we're feeling about the season so far and everything else. Um, we really appreciate you listening, so without further ado, hit the music. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jacobs. It's a Friday. Let's send you into the weekend right with some good old Bucks talk. It's episode 9 of the Bucks Leading Radio. On the phone, per usual, Eric Peterson, EP, what's up? Hey, not much. Just excited that it is Friday. Uh, I know there's no basketball until Sunday. Um, but yeah, excited that the week's over. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to talk the past two games. Morning to Celtics, what are we, what are we thinking? For sure. Split series, 1-1. One, one. Um, we'll split the series of these two games and the series of the Celtics. So, uh, not terribly disappointed. Um, didn't look great in either game, I don't think. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you here. I didn't get to watch last night's game. Flew in from Minneapolis a little bit late and was just too tired and had to pass out. So, I woke up to an L, which is never fun. Um, but what did you think? So, let's start with the Hornets. Um, we came out with a W. I would say good team win, um, a win that might not have happened in the past where we kind of would have just given up or we wouldn't have had enough drive in us to like get it done. But I think that this is kind of showing the leadership of Giannis and his competitiveness coming through of being able to hold the team together and really bring us that win. Like He's the only reason we won that game. He's the only reason we stayed in that game. Uh, what did you think overall, though? How do you think we played? Obviously, Middleton had a rough game, has had a rough start to the season. What are your thoughts, Eric? Um, yeah, I think that the the Hornets really came out strong in that first quarter. Like, the Bucks only had 18 points, and I'm sitting there like, oh, God. Like, like Giannis was in hyperdrive in that first quarter, if you remember. Like, he, he scored the first seven points, and he was, he was trying to score every possession, and that's where he got uh, benched early on. Like, four minutes into the game, Jason Kidd was like, hey, uh, relax. <laughs> Stop trying to do every single thing for this team, even though he's he's legit trying to. So I think that. Um, well, let yeah, me stop you there. Does that, that bother you? Um, no. I think that it, it bothers me when, like, he, if he's double teamed and he still tries, like, if, if he's going against a bad double team or even triple team, at sometimes I think that he uh, needs to know that he's got four guys around the perimeter just sitting there, like, waiting for a kick out. Uh, I think that's when it becomes a problem. Otherwise, if you can just barrel people down and score, that's, I have no problem with that. But I think, yeah, right away, um, I think the Hornets were not scoring that well, and the Bucks weren't doing too much better. They were leading, um, but they weren't really doing much other than Giannis just going inside. So I think that's where uh, the Bucks will kind of struggle, because we saw it last night. I mean, you didn't get to see it, but Boston, they kind of, I mean, Giannis still had 28 points, but Boston was figuring out ways to stop him and to force either a miss or a turnover or something like that. So, it, it's just, it was kind of frustrating to watch last night. I know they 
they they came away one hundred three ninety four on uh, was that Monday? Yeah, Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, where they held Charlotte to seventeen points in the fourth quarter and scored the last nine points to win. But I don't know. It's just tough because you have like the Hornets are decimated by injuries, so we didn't really get to see their full strength guys like uh, Nick Batum, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Cody Zeller, even Michael Carter Williams just there could somehow make. Uh, some type of impact. I don't know. You see Johnny O'Brien out there? Yeah. Fuck. Screw that point. guy. Excuse me. Yeah. He was he was balling. I'm like, dude, where was this in your entirety with Milwaukee? You didn't do any of this. Like, he must have had some type of animosity or something because he was he was balling. Like he, yeah, he was doing something I've never seen him do before. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think? Com- like comparing those two games, I didn't get to watch last night, but. Um, going off of just what you have seen, like, like, how do you see this team right now? Because I, I think there's issues that need to be addressed. Okay, I see this team, and I'm looking at the stats right now for our listeners, or I guess our listener probably. Um, so I'm looking <laughs> at the stats. So obviously I didn't watch last night's game, but what I see is a team, actually a guy, who's just sitting there saying, I can't do this all myself. Like, I don't. I can't imagine how frustrated Giannis has to be. He's averaging, I think, 36 some points a game or something like that, or 30. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right around oh, there. Yeah. And, like, we're, we're three and two. Like, I don't understand how that could possibly be. If you just had one other guy, like a second scoring option that could be averaging around 20 a game or a little bit over, like, that would be crazy. We, we would be five and oh. Like, I just don't understand how this is. Like, what happened to Chris Milton? Now, look, I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, get rid of him or he's terrible. But, like, what? He used to be a great second scoring option. Like, that's what his whole role was on this team for a while. And I don't understand what's going on with him, why he's turned into such a bad ball handler. Or maybe he always has been a ball ha- bad ball handler. And I haven't seen it. But turnover after turnover, missed shot after missed shot. I mean, going even into, like, the first three games of the season, it wasn't very good. So I think that that's what I see. I just see a team that he just, that has one great player that just needs some support. Um, I guess I'll let you get into this now, Eric, because I know you brought it up before we started recording. Toledovic has been a letdown. Uh, he played well against the Hornets. 15 points, 5 for 10 from the field, 5 for 9 from three-pointer. Um, before you get on your rant or run, whatever you want to call it, let me, let me say my piece because I have been on the train of Mears is going to have a good year, and I'm sticking right on it. There's room in the bandwagon if you want to join, because there's going to be one soon, Eric. But No, I, uh, I was more on, I said Delhi, I didn't say Delhi. Oh, that's right, okay, that's right. I was yeah, even yeah, confused. But, uh, Fine, go ahead, you can go on your rant on Delhi then, because I don't have any core, I don't have no quarrel with him, and I have no position on him. No, he's fine. Um, I was mainly concerned with just you guys, like Chris Middleton, like you brought up, um, he did, he still had 20 points against Charlotte, but again, he was just not, he's, he's, he's an outside shooter that we are so accustomed to seeing last season. Um, and he's, he's, he's been just bad. He's, he's hit one three a game. He takes three to five a game. He just, he just doesn't make an impact from there. And his mid-range game is still, um, it's not developing. It's like it's there. It's just, he's, he's 50-50 with it. So we're, we're used to seeing him step into, that second role, like last season, second half of the year, um, and he just kind of had to assume that and go from there. And I don't really think he, like, even in the Toronto series, I don't think he was that outstanding. Where uh, this is any drop off from that, uh, because he's still 
want to be closer to 50%, but he's, he's at least at 40% from everything, and even though there's some shots that should go down, um, he's, he's still doing his job, I think, and his job is to kind of facilitate and defend where he's able to get multiple steals per game. He's able to get um, forcing turnovers and stuff like that. Because um, he had that huge block against uh, Charlotte in the fourth quarter there that actually True. Uh, prevented the Hornets from taking the lead late in the game. So that, that was crucial. And there's there's other plays that he's done where he, he doesn't get credit for it. And I think that I think people are expecting too much from Chris Middleton at this point. Yes, he's a good player, but I think with, and he's not like a splasher kind of guy. He's more of a spot shooter. He kind of he can create his own shot, but he's not like a a full force uh, like Jabari or like an Eric Bledsoe that we have seen rumors about. Because Giannis, like you said, can't do it all by himself. Obviously, that's that's just a given. He can do so much. He can drop forty plus a game um, when he really wants to, and I think that. Like, last night, I was really disappointed by the effort down the stretch uh, because they're still in the game, but it really looked like Giannis was the only one who really wanted to be there. Like, there was, um, let's see, they were down by, like, seven, I think, with about a minute and a half left, and the Celtics are just trying to ice the clock at this point. They're just dribbling out the shot clock, hoping to get a couple extra points from there. And um, Giannis was, like, Giannis shoved Tony Snell to go double-team somebody. Like, like he full-on just jumped him across the court to say, hey, go, like, play basketball. And, you know, he was, like, sick of... Like, he should not have to direct people where to go if you're in the NBA. Like, I know that their leadership has to um, be very highly valued, especially for Giannis, because I feel like he is the leader of this team, obviously, now. But I feel like those guys should know that, hey, we can come back here. We have the tools to come back. We beat this team already once this year. Um, and they just didn't seem to care. And it's just, it sucks because Giannis goes, Giannis goes down and he pulls up three th- uh, three times in a row from three. He hits two in a row. Uh, and then we're like thinking, oh, if he hits the third one, it's a four-point game. And all of a sudden they're back in it when they really weren't in it uh, for the majority of that second half. So, um but yeah, watching that last game, I was disappointed with the effort towards the end of the game because they had moments where they were um, they were dominating on the defensive end. The Celtics had less than 20 points, I believe, in that second quarter, and they were just they were just great. But again, like you said, um, Jabari not being around, we don't have that second guy that could really come in and just go on fast breaks and stuff like that. Yep. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but we don't go on fast breaks anymore. It, does, like, it seems like, like Giannis. I've been talking a lot here, but yeah. No, it just seems um, like Giannis only going on fast breaks. I agree. Hey, keep going. You're on a roll. I'll only stop you when you start, you know, sounding like an idiot or repeating yourself. Go for it. Hey, well, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just, we get the rebound last year, first half of the semester. As soon as they got a rebound, they're going 300 miles an hour to the other side of the floor with Giannis and Jabari every single time. And now Giannis gets a rebound. He kind of starts to do that, but then he stops because he has nowhere to go. Like, like the team, the other guys have already got back, like for Boston last night, they're already back. So, when you don't have that fast break where you're able to steal some points from teams, that can honestly be the difference in the game. And you said you didn't watch, and we've we said this multiple times, but yesterday, um, early on, like, like, I am the last person to talk about officiating because there's always something you can do to prevent that from changing the game. But I, I just need to say this. In the first quarter, they had, um, so I believe it was Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum hits a three. Tony Snell contested. Um, and as Jason 
Keenum's coming down on Tony Snell's, uh, the area where Tony Snell is, he lands on his foot, and it's called for a foul. And I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. But then they go to replay and deem it a flagrant one. Like, you need to go look this up after we're done here, because it was the most, like, awful. Like, I don't care if there's, like, people are telling me there's some new rule. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, why don't we have all of our shooters jump three feet forward after taking every three-pointer and just get a flagrant call every time? Because that's just stupid. I did see you tweet about this. What's that? I did see some, I, Twitter kind of blew up, I saw, a little bit last night when this happened. I, I was just, I was like, really? And they're like, well, that's the rule. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. You can, there's so many ways around that where you can just get three flagrants, and then it just delays the game even further. It's just like, this isn't basketball. And there's, there's another aspect that happens shortly afterwards. DeAndre Lincoln, who I've actually been very impressed with um, in his time thus far. I know that's going to kind of go against what I originally said, but I hadn't seen him play a whole lot um, outside of Cleveland. So, But he, he blocks, um, I believe it was Jalen Brown. If not, it would have been like Terry Rozier or some, one of their role players. It wasn't a major guy. He, he plays a very good defense. He, the shot clock is about to expire, so they're forced to put up a shot. And he just he rejects the hell out of this guy and gives him a brief stare down, like I'm talking two, three seconds, just to be like, "Yeah, what's up, man? Like, try that again." And they give him a technical. It's like, it's like, come on, guys, this is this is horrible. Like, this, we love seeing stuff like this because emotions are part of the game, and you have you're getting teased. You're not allowed to do that. Emotions are part of the game, so it's just it's just. That whole sequence, like, uh, Reggie Miller was really upset about it on TNT last night, and I don't necessarily agree with everything that he says, but those are two things where I was like, yeah, the league is just, it's sad because the Bucks are a very passionate team as it is, and emotions, like I've said already, part of the game, and it was just stuff that I didn't want to see, and I hated seeing that because, like, you got guys that are hustling out here, you got guys that are, um, they're just trying to make plays, and they can't even do them. It's like, well, we can't contest any shots anymore. So I think that, that's where the defensive-minded, like Jason Kidd defense, kind of comes in. We're like, yeah, we're going to contest everything, but if you're going to just call stupid stuff like Slayer, just like I can, this rant can be over now. But uh, I'm just saying that it was it was awful. Like I was screaming at the TV the whole time. It was just like, good God. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I think that, and I like your disclaimer because I think you can always argue officiating in an NBA game because there's always a lot of judgment calls. Oh, yeah. Things happen. Yeah, exactly. But I think that from your explanation, I think it, I mean, if landing on a foot isn't, that's not a flagrant. Like, was that really intentional? No. Like, I no, thought a flagrant had to be intentional. Rule. What? I said, even if it's some stupid new rule, like, it, it just, yeah. it ruins the whole flow of basketball where it's supposed to be, okay, shot done, next position, here we go. Instead, we gotta stop for five to ten minutes and look at, oh, it, he was, yeah, he had intent. It's like, no, he didn't have intent. He's playing basketball. Like, good lord, guys. And, and everyone was upset about it on Twitter. Everybody was upset well, about it. Like Reggie Miller, I said. He was, just, yeah. he was irate about it. Um, I mean, if you think and, about it, though, like, that's almost more dangerous. And I think I think you said it was Snell. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't really remember. But I think whoever landed on their foot, it was almost more dangerous for them because that's easily an, a rolled ankle or a sprained ankle if he lands wrong on somebody's foot. Like, well, it was. Tatum landing on Snell's feet, but Snell oh, okay. is not going, it's not a Zaza move on Kawhi like you saw last year where Fair he enough. clearly went way far out to just make sure that Kawhi fell on Zaza, but, but no, this was straight up just basketball, it, it, it was nothing beyond that, and yeah. I'm just thinking like, why are we wasting, like, especially in the Mecca environment that was like, that was loud. 
I can imagine. Loud. What's that? I said I can imagine how loud. Like that had to be an awesome game to go to. I, I, yeah, I really wish I could have had uh, the opportunity to go, but yeah, being three hours away kind of sucks. So, but uh, anyway, I think that uh, I guess going forward, I, I kind of wanted to hear your opinion on all these Eric Bledsoe um, rumors that are going around. Do you think he would be a good fit, and what what would you give up for him if? Uh, they had the opportunity to get him in a trade. For sure. I think, okay, I am not one, and I've tweeted on the Bucks Leading Radio Twitter account, my own Twitter account, that we do not need to make a trade. I, I'm very against shaking things up, and that's and, and that would be for anybody, and that's just me. That's my own personal opinion, but I think that there is, a, there is room for Eric Bledsoe to fit. I think he could improve our team in some ways. Um, my fear would be who we gave up, and that was your follow-up question. So what I would give up would be, and, I, and actually I saw some potential trades today. They want Brogdon. No, sir. No, thank you. Phoenix Suns, you can go after yourself if you want Malcolm Brogdon for Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and counter that once you're done, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, fair enough. I'm, ex- I'm interested to hear that because I, I don't want to give up Brogdon. I don't think you give up the rookie of the year. I think he's cheaper, whatever. I mean, I just don't do it. I think that the trade with Delhi and then you throw like Henson or Mirza in there and a first founder sounds good to me. And now they're talking about Tyson Chandler in the mix. Heck yeah. Take John Henson. I'll take Tyson Chandler, who's a good rim defender and a good rebounder and just a gigantic body. Like that's what we're kind of missing, right? So I think that if you do, yeah. you make that trade, you throw a first and even a second rounder in there, maybe a couple years second rounder from there in there. I'm perfectly fine with that. But the issue, and this is what I don't want, and this is what scares me about Eric Bledsoe, is his attitude. I mean, the locker room and, you know, the attitude of players really makes a big difference, especially because they're around each other so much. So if Eric Bledsoe came in and was expecting a starting spot, I don't think that, I think it would be kind of the same thing with Greg Monroe. Like, I would want Bledsoe to come off the bench with that second rotation, because that's what we need. We need somebody to give Giannis some breaks. Like we need a second scoring option, as we've already talked about. Somebody to come in, let Giannis sit down, take a breather, come in, hit some threes, you know, make some moves, help the team out both defensively and offensively. And I think that Bledsoe could help out, especially with him and Monroe on the floor at the same time. And then if you if they toss Tyson Chandler in the mix, imagine like a second rotation with like Greg Monroe, Tyson Chandler, and Eric Bledsoe, all people who were starting in the NBA at one point in their careers. But let me hear what you have to think about that. Well, first I want to address the rebounding issue. Dwight Howard had 22 rebounds on Monday. Like, yep. like I know he's the big, but that's where you need somebody like Tyson Chandler to come in and body him and maybe get him under 15 rebounds. Because I know some of them are defensive, but... He had offensive rebounds that, that allowed Charlotte to get multiple chances at, at scoring. And when John Henson's not doing the job, when Fon's not doing the job, um, you need Well, they're just not big enough. Like, they're just not big enough to even do it. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. And that's just that's just how it is. And, yeah, Tyson Chandler, I think, is, is, what, is what entices the Bucks the most, I would say, because he played with Jason Kidd and Jason Terry on the 2011 championship team in Dallas. So I think that... That is a huge part. I've said this all the time, but I think that's a huge part of what Jason Kidd's trying to build. He's trying to build people that he's either played with or coached coached with previously, and I think he's trying to get because he knows these guys and he knows how they can work together. Um, as far as Bledsoe goes, I think a lot of people said that with Michael Beasley when he came in, like they're like, "Oh yeah, oh, he's a hothead. He's, he's he's not good in the locker room." And he was fine. Like he, it just depends on 
the environment that you're in because that phoenix hellhole of an organization nobody should be in at all because it's just it's horrible I, i've said this so many times that the suns have had so many chances to do something and they come nowhere close so i see i see bledstone's frustration i would hate to average 20 points and six assists on any given night and just to suck like i need to go get these stats somewhere else and and maybe make it to help the team win because bledstone hasn't really done that since he he was a rookie in his first three seasons with the Clippers. Like, like he hasn't, he's been with Phoenix ever since, and they haven't done anything. So I understand his frustration, and I think that if a guy like Jason Kidd and a point guard minded would kind of just give him a few, like, not pointers, but just kind of direct him on how to win because he hasn't really done that, and he hasn't had the opportunity to do that because his organization sucks. Fair enough. Like, like I was saying this about, like, I would take Brandon Knight back, even though he's not for the season right now. I'd say that he could be a good scoring option off the bench. Oh, for sure. Going back to what we don't have right now, and that's the second guy that could come in and slash. And when you got Bledsoe, who won, can do that, and he scores 20 points a game, and he's also dishing out six assists per game, I take that over Malcolm Brogdon or Delavadova every day because, okay, let's, so Brogdon obviously is a great player. I'm not saying he sucks, but Brogdon's game is knocking down the three, which is great, and, and playing somewhat good defense, but... He doesn't have the like star power that can push you over the top. And I know Jabari's out. I know that's a huge void that people have to fill, and that's why Chris Middleton he can't quite do that because he's that's not his game. Like his, we've already talked about his game. But anyway, Jabari, I think if Jabari returns at his scheduled timetable, and they do some somehow get a trade with Bledsoe where they don't give up like Tony Snell or Chris Middleton or anything stupid like that. Then you have, like, Bledsoe, Snell, Middleton, Jabari, Giannis, and then you still got guys like Greg Monroe and Tyson Chandler, if they can get that. And, and then you still have off-the-bench guys. Like, like hopefully, I, I know they're trying to dangle Delhi, but uh, Delhi has been awful, and no one's going to take him because Delhi thrived with Cleveland because he was, again, a bot shooter. And Cleveland had so many slashers, like LeBron, Kyrie, two slashers right there. All you have to do is say, hey, I'm on the wing. If you guys are double team, kick it out to me. I'll hit a three. That's Delhi's game. And <laughs> Delhi's all this, like they talk about his grit, but, and I used to support that. But after last night, I've just had it with, with Delavadova because he, he's not, he's no longer playing any defense. He, like Kyrie burked him on several occasions last night. And, well, Kyrie like, burked everybody Kyrie, last night. I saw the highlights. Okay, he burnt everybody, but Delhi was obviously the worst. Like, if your teammates, prior teammates, you should know how to guard each other. Like, you do it in practice all the time. I know Kyrie's great, but Delavadova has been praised for his defense. So you'd think he'd have some type of leverage on Kyrie. But, again, it didn't happen, and he was he was making stupid turnovers, doing stuff that I hate, like John Henson would do last season. That's the, that's the level I'm at right now uh, with Delavadova, because... Like, you have guys, like, cause you know me and my, like, Jason Terry, um, I don't know how to describe that at all, but Jason Affection. Terry has not played much all season, and I said this, I think he wasn't going to get time anyway right away, but, again, if, if Delavadova's not doing the job, you, you need to change it up, and I think they need to start doing that, because I know this game against Atlanta, you can't really say it's a gimme, but, but it is a gimme, the Hawks are terrible, so you kind of have to really figure out going forward. Okay, Eric. Kind of what your direction is. Go Who's ahead. your starting lineup 
if we give up Brogdon? Who, like, who, what's your starting lineup? And then what's your second rotation? If we traded Brogdon and let's just say, let's say Henson. So Brogdon and Henson for Bledsoe or Bledsoe and Chandler because I think they would want extra in that. Okay, fine. Let's, okay, whatever. We, whoever, you you just throw in whoever else you want in the package. You make the trade, you make your own trade, and then you set your starting lineup. Who are you putting out there? If it's Brogdon, yep. this goes. Which I, I mean, what, ideally, I'd rather give away somebody else. But again, Bledsoe is a much more developed player than Brogdon. And I know Brogdon like sounds like he's like forty years old whenever he talks, meaning that he's experienced, not that he's old. Um, but like Brogdon does not have the tools that Eric Bledsoe has. Like what Brogdon is averaging is close to the second most on the team, if not a close third right now behind Middleton. You bring in a guy who... Okay, we'll make the trade. Who's in your lineup? What's that? Make the trade. What, what are you, who are you trading? So you're trading Brogdon and who else? And for who? Let's, let's say we trade Brogdon and um, Hanson and even maybe Thon at this point. I don't really... Wow, um, okay. Like, 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 because that's what they talked about. They talked about trading two bigs. And say so you get Bledsoe and Chandler in return. Okay, so you obviously you have uh, a bigger guy that you can kind of go to. I would think you could even start Tyson Chandler. I don't know. Tyson Chandler's a much better big than both Don and Henson are together, I think. that Because Tyson Chandler, I, I wanted him, the Bucks to sign him when he was a free agent before he went to Phoenix. I thought that was going to be a great fit. They were actually connected to him. But I, I would start Tyson Chandler and still have Moose come off the bench because he's good at doing that. Um, and then... I think until Jabari gets back, I would start Bledsoe. I would start Bledsoe over uh, Delhi, or if we traded Delhi and that kept Brogdon, I would keep I would keep Brogdon off the bench because of that connection with Monroe. Those two are this; those two thrive off of each other, and right now they don't see any playing time together because they're playing in separate units. So I think if you start Bledsoe, have him just him and Giannis just go to town for. 10-12 minutes and then give him a rest and then you bring in Brogdon and moves off the bench to have that chemistry. You, you can do so many things with that. So, what, what do you think about that? Okay, I find that interesting. I mean, I was trying to challenge you because like you had to give up Brogdon. So then you would start Bledsoe and then Delhi would come off the bench, but that's fine. Or start Bledsoe, excuse me. But I'd say either way, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you're kind of turn. you're like, you're, you're shifting me to your side a little bit. But here's what scares me. Well, see, okay, what scares me is that, like, you're going to give up Thon after a year, or you're willing to, at least. Well, that was just hypothetical because I saw that in a right. potential I, I know, I guess I wouldn't be that upset about it either. I don't think he's played that great this year. I don't think he's really shown a lot of, you know, big leaps in his abilities this year. But, I mean, we'll see what shakes out. But I think that if I was going to make this trade, or if I was going to, if this was going to be my ideal trade, it would be, like, if they would take Delavadova, a first-rounder, and Henson... Well, actually, I would rather go up to Ledovich than Henson. But, I mean, if you threw Henson in there and you get really? him first. Yeah, I I think that if you're going to get Tyson Chandler, like, that's exactly what Henson does just better. At least Mirza is able to knock down three-pointers on a game-to-game basis, right? Like, maybe not all the time. But... Well, the, the Suns have too many forwards right now where they don't have time for Mirza. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they, they would want something in return. I think they are looking for a new outlook of guys. That's why they're looking for a young piece, even though they already have so many of those. That's what I don't understand. Um, why are they looking for a young person when they have people like Devin Booker on their team? Like, what do you need another young person for? I don't oh, understand. They have so many guys. Like, like yeah. Tyler Eulis is great. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think he wants to be the future point guard for them. 
which he played great last year after they shut Bledsoe down um, for the season towards the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, Marquise Chris, Jurgon Bender, uh, Josh Jackson that they just drafted. So they, they, have, they have too many young guys. They're trying to get more. I don't, like, it doesn't make uh, sense. Well, I guess we've already talked about how shitty of an organization it is. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm, awful, yeah. I'm interested to see how this shakes out. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be terribly upset if we made the trade. I've kind of come to terms with it. I always kind of get nervous as soon as these trade rumors start because it makes me worry about, like, the way it... Like, you got to remember that, like, everybody on the Bucks team is a person and, like, they hear this stuff. So, to me, it's kind of like... like yeah. I can't imagine how John Henson stays so positive when every time there's a trade, it always involves him. Like, he's got to feel like... What the heck? Like you guys don't want me. You guys, yeah. are, you know what I mean. So that's where I kind I of get with it. Kind of. Um, sorry to cut you off, but but yeah, like like John has seen this so many times. Where I think by now he's just like, well, it hasn't happened, so this is all bullshit to me. But <laughs> probably I that, he's probably like, yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> he's been with the team out of everybody the longest. Yep. Um, Isn't that so, crazy to think? Is, yeah, it is crazy because a lot of people don't really know who he is outside of the Midwest. True. Um, and North Carolina. And North Carolina, right? Yeah, because he played great there. No, I was actually he was. when they drafted him. I was like, great, we have a big guy now. And then he just didn't get any better. Or bigger. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that, you know, I was I was reluctant to get Brogdon up in a, in a potential trade. But again, we have plenty of guys that can spot up shoot. Like, we have too many of those guys. Okay, you but is Brogdon a, a better of, defender? You need to have a balance of splashers presence in the paint and shooters and we have too many shooters right now I know we used to have no, no shooters at all but now we have plenty of them and we got guys that can come off the bench and knock down shots we, we still have like Jason Terry hasn't played much at all but he could come in and knock down some threes Sterling Brown uh, could come in and knock down some threes so there are guys that, that have roles on this team who have not been used yet and that's because there's too many people vying for minutes in that same spot hey, uh, on in the rotation so I think once Eric, let me um, let me ask you a question. But so sorry to sorry to interrupt you up here, but so I did remember, and I didn't bring this up earlier, but I saw this potential trade on Twitter earlier today. How would you feel if they threw DJ Wilson in the mix? Oh, I'd be all for it. Yeah, uh, we me don't too. Need DJ Wilson, I, I hate. See, people, I think my tone is going to come off that I hate players and they're they suck. But no, I I, I, just think, <laughs> I think you do. Maybe you just feel that way. Oh, oh sure, but I try to clarify that every time because I don't. I'm not. Brockton because he sees he, Brockton is a great player. I'm saying he doesn't fit um, with a bunch of shooters uh, right now. I think that if, if they, he's not untouchable in my mind. The only guys that are untouchable is like Giannis, Tony Snell, Chris Middleton. Um, and I'm trying to think who else here, but yeah, I think that it's Jabari. Jabari is he touchable? Uh, it's, it's borderline for me because I think that he's going to want obviously a big contract come this summer. Um, so I don't think any team, I think the only reason someone would trade for him is if they know that he's going to stay, because otherwise they're going to have to give up pieces in return, and it's just the whole market thing and business basketball complications get involved with that. But, um, yeah, so your original question was... Dude, I don't even remember. We got into a great, we got into a great conversation on that one, but... (laughs) <laughs> As we're rounding out this episode, let's look to the future, because we're going to own it. And that is Sunday against the Hawks. You touched on it a little bit. It's apparently, according to you, a gimme, which I don't know if there it ever is be. a gimme. But, well, I said, I said normally there aren't, but the Hawks are 
so bad right now where you think, wow, this team, like, they have nobody outside of Dennis Schroeder. So, I mean, it's just like, I, I know this roster, I'm looking at this roster, Miles Plumley's on this team, believe it or not. Um, but, yeah, there's just no way, especially coming off a strong schedule like that, I don't see them setting back because they played at a very high level in these first five games. So what about... they come out with three wins, they've still, for the most part, played at a high level. So I think that... Okay. I so I think you're calling versus Atlanta W. What about Oklahoma City on Tuesday? That's going to be a very fun game to watch. Uh, they got the Halloween theme going at the BMO uh, Tuesday night, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. But I think that is going to be probably, if not their toughest test either. It, it's got to be top two because um, the Thunder are just so unique of a team. Compared to anybody else in the league right now, I'm, I'm thinking the Thunder. I, I'm very high on the Thunder right now, and I think that um, they're going to expose the Bucks. Yeah, that's why because Stephen Adams is very good uh, with interior presence, and I know that Giannis uh, has played well against the Thunder before. But this Thunder team is so revitalized; it's so strong. Where I, I, I think the Thunder can really go deep in that playoffs out west. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this game specifically. I think being at home, having a day, yeah, the day off in between. Yeah, day off in between. Yep. Um, I think they're going to come out and compete. Will they win? That's going to be a tough one. I think that's going to go down to the wire. Um, For sure. But I don't know. What are we thinking? I think it's going to be a tough defense to test. It's really going to show if we can play defense. I think one thing I didn't touch on with these past two games is we held a team, both teams, under 100 points, even though one was a win and one was a loss. It's still good for us. It's showing that some of the defense is working. Um, so that's going to be really tested against OKC. Um, but I think that's going to be, that's a toss up. I am going to stay away from betting on that game. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens on that one. And then we go to, we have at Charlotte and then at Detroit, two games that, um, aren't going to be the easiest. They both have true centers on their team in Dwight Howard and Andre Drummond. Um, we struggle with against that, kind of like we already talked about. But I think those are two games that we could easily win if we, you know, play hard and stick with it. And then, um, you know, we'll talk about those games in the next episode. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's been a great Friday, Eric. Do you have any final thoughts for the people? The people or a person? <laughs> Maybe half a person. They're probably not even listening. It's probably just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I talked a lot. I, I probably should stop doing that so much. But, Never. Um, People love you. It's a, the person loves you. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think going into you kind of touched on it where they go to Charlotte to Detroit. That's a four-game road stand, which includes Cleveland and San Antonio at the back end of that. So that's going to be a tough test because they've had four home games in a row here, and now they're going to start a road stretch five out of their next six games are on the road, um, obviously outside of Tuesday. So, yeah, it's going to be a, it's a, it's going to be a test. It'll be hopefully fun to watch because some of these teams are not um, to the caliber of the Bucks like Atlanta and Detroit are. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as always. Um, how about yourself? Um, not a whole lot for me. I mean, 
it was a light week for Bucks. Um, you know, I'm happy we got a win out of it. Um, I love seeing Giannis play well. I'm excited for this upcoming week. Definitely excited to see how they do against OKC. Um, you know, we're going to start getting into the tough teams in the West, and I'm interested to see how we hold up being such a young team and, you know, seeing how it goes. And definitely interested to see how much longer this Bledsoe talk is going to go on because it seems like it's been a lot of talk and not a whole lot of action. So I'm very interested to find out what happens there. Um, otherwise, I mean, that's it from Milwaukee for me. Um, you know, I'm final- actually surprised real quick that oh, yeah. uh, he hasn't been dealt yet because they sent him home Monday. Yep. And they're like, yeah, we don't see him going forward. That, that Suns general manager is just a moron. He, he, he's saying all this stuff publicly. It's just like, all right, dude, no one's going to want to play for you. Yeah, uh, seriously. Future, just go yeah, home and so- sit in your room and lock the door. Like, they just basically yeah. just threw him to the curb for somebody who has done actually very decent for the Suns. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I agree with I you. I think it was, it was in response to what he tweeted, and, and I don't know. Whatever. I feel like, yeah, just, just make the move and, and just forget about it. Like, just be over with it, because they, now they have no uh, no leverage. They have no, like, value. Like, these guys are valued so little because, one, if you say we don't see him going forward, and now the Suns have played two games and have won both of them, since he's been sent home, that really lessens the value too. So I yep. think I really was surprised that they don't just take what they can get right now. Like if Bucks threw them Delavadova, Henson, and maybe a first round pick, why would they just do that? Because they're not going to get much better, uh, especially for the value that he's, he's put them at. So I'm, hopefully it's going to happen within the next few days. But knowing how crazy this league is, it's it's all up in the air. He could go somewhere like like. Cleveland, who hasn't been in talks at Oh, all. yeah. You and never really know there. who's talking anymore. I feel like the, all these, like, front runners, just all BS, like, hype, you know, headlines for <laughs> websites. But we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, that's that's it for the Bucks Leading Radio this week. Follow us on Twitter at Bucks underscore radio. Follow my partner in crime at Eric underscore Peterson 20. Follow me at Jakubitz, J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. And, you know, follow at NBA Lead for any sports updates across the NBA. Um, follow us for awesome bucks and funny bucks tweets. I I make myself laugh when I tweet them. Um, but anyway, that's it for us. Go Bucks on Sunday, and we'll see you next weekend. All right, another great episode. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Um, It's Friday, so everybody have a great weekend. Uh, Have a happy Halloween. Uh, Be safe out there. Um, Otherwise, that's all I got for you this week. You know, it was a light Bucks week. Uh, We're heading into a really tough schedule, and I'm really excited to watch the Bucks hopefully flourish in those challenges. Um, Other than that, like I said, have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers.